Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Sometimes you may have heard the expression, we are all the children of God, but are we really? And if so, in what way? We are certainly all of God's creatures, and we've been made by the hand of God, but is it true that we are all born his children? Well, the Bible doesn't say so. In fact, it points to a rather bleak picture of how we were born, as children of Adam, children of wrath, children of disobedience, even children of the wicked one. Certainly not the way we would like to stay. Where the Bible does say that we are the children of God, the verses go on to qualify exactly what that means, that Christians are the children of God. But how? Well, by faith in Jesus Christ, a very important distinction. No, we are not born the children of God. We were born the first time into the wrong family, and we possess an unfortunate family likeness, a fallen, sinful nature. The Bible is clear that we need a second birth to bring us into the family of God, a birth that's from above, a spiritual birth. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. William Skates takes up the topic of how we can be born into God's family, of how we can receive spiritual life and a new family likeness, the likeness of Christ himself. Jeremiah chapter 3 and it's verse 19. And God is the speaker. But I said, How shall I put thee among the children, and give thee the pleasant land, a goodly heritage of the hosts of nations? And I said, says God, Thou shalt call me my father, and shall not turn away from me. Notice the question at the beginning of the verse. How shall I put thee among the children? Into the New Testament and the Gospel of John, chapter 3. John 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of or even the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. How does it happen? Well, drop further down, verse 14, the Lord Jesus goes on to explain, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, 
but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, a final reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, please. Read it, verse 11. For both he that sanctifieth, that word just means to make holy, and they who are sanctified, or they who are made holy, are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. This is the Lord Jesus, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren, and in the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee, that is, unto God. And again, this is still the Lord Jesus speaking, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. We've read tonight of three things in these scriptures. I want you to think of the problem. I want you to notice the precept, and we want to think as well of the prospect. The problem is this. God is asking the question, and the question is, how shall I put thee, or how shall I put you, among the children? That's the question that God is asking. How shall I put you among the children? When we come over to the Gospel of John and chapter 3, we have the precept, we have the answer to it, and it's given to us in the New Testament. The Lord Jesus is the speaker, and here's the answer. Ye must be born again. And then we have the prospect from Hebrews chapter 2 in that coming day when he will look over that great company of all that are in God's family. And he'll say, Behold, I the children which God hath given me. You know, in the human family, there are many different families. And uh, talk to people and they'll say, Well, I'm a quarter German and I'm a third English and I'm a, a fifth Norwegian and so on right down through. Well, there are many, many different families in the world, and each one of us has a long list of ancestors that we probably cannot trace too far back. Some can, but I can't. But do know this, that if we were to be able to go far enough back, we'd all arrive at the same spot. We'd all arrive at a man called Adam and his wife who was called Eve. Now, there's none of us can go back that far, obviously, but we all came from Adam. We have human parents, and we trace humanity right back to the first chapters of our Bible when God created man in his own image. God made man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into man the breath of life. Man became a living soul, not only with a consciousness relating to earth, just like the animals are able to relate to their environment, but God gave to man a rational capacity to think and to know the difference between right and wrong. And God gave him a command to fulfill, to do what was right, and for a while that happened until that moment when he disobeyed, and man became a sinner, a rebel against God, and God had to drive him out from his presence. So the man that was made to have fellowship with God, that relationship was broken, and man is driven out from the presence of God right there in the opening chapters of the Bible, and man is no longer fit for the presence of God. And we all come from that same human family. We are all still warm 
if you feel your hand tonight still warm, and that warmth in your body has been perpetuated through your parents right down through the centuries of time to that moment when God breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul. You're still warm tonight. and You're still a creature that's bound for eternity. And you have an existence and a soul that will never end. Now the problem's this. God asks the question. He says, how can I put you among the children? See, the problem is this, that sin has divided us from God, has separated us from God. The New Testament brings that out very clearly. I'm thinking of Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Paul says, wherefore, as by one man, he's referring back to Adam, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, back there in the Garden of Eden, and death by sin. Death is the result of sin. So he says, death, the sentence of death, has passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now that means tonight that every one of us in this meeting have been guilty of sin. We're old enough to understand the difference between right and wrong. There's no difference, says God. Chapter 3 of Romans, verse 23. Doesn't matter if you're Jew, doesn't matter if you're Gentile, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Whatever ethnic group you may come from. Says there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of God's glory, of God's holy standard. There's not a man that has ever lived apart from the Lord Jesus has met that standard. We are not fit for God's presence. That's what we are by nature. That's how we had our start in this world. You see, when we come to the Bible, there are only two kinds of people in this world. There are those who are still separated from God, but there are those who have been brought near again. There are those that are called unholy. There are those who are called holy. There are those who are called unrighteous. There are those who are called righteous by God. There are those who are called lost. There are those who are called saved. There are those who are in unbelief. There are those who are believers. There are those who are the sons of Adam, and there are those who are the sons of God. There are those who have been born just once, and there are those who have been born again. Two groups. wonder which group you're in tonight. If you've never been born again, you're still in the first group. You're still a child of Adam. You're still separated from God. You're still classified as a sinner in God's sight. You're still looked upon by God as being unholy. Looked upon by God as being unrighteous. Looked upon by God as being unclean. Looked upon by God as being far off. As guilty. The problem is this. The sons of Adam have got the family likeness. They are all alike sinners that sin against God. And that is very solemn because when we open our Bibles at 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, we read these words. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. It's in your Bible. It's 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. Those that are practicing sin have the family likeness, and the person that it's like is called by the Bible the devil, because he sins from the beginning. So here's the problem. Says God, how can I put you among the children? How can God possibly call sons of Adam who are sinners against him, rebels against him, and actually on the side of the devil, how can God put people like that into his family and call them his children and bring them at last home to his house? How can he do it? Well, again, we have to go to First John for the answer. Listen to this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so the Savior comes into the world to save sinners. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save 
that which was lost, that which was separated from God, that which had lost its usefulness to God. And those people of the human race who discover that that is in truth their condition before God and receive Christ as their Savior, God adopts them into his family. He brings them into his family. And not only that, but he does something that adoptive parents here on earth cannot do. He actually puts his life into them and he calls them my children. But I'm getting ahead of myself. You can see then, can't you, that simply joining some kind of an organization like a church or something is not going to affect what we are by nature. It's not going to change how we had our start. It may clean up the life. It may make us more respectable. It may even make us more moral in this world, but it does not wipe out those sins. It can't wipe out the past. And God is still looking upon our whole life. This is what the word of God says. God requires that which is past. There has to be the answer given to God's justice for the past. There's only one way in which the past can be wiped out, can be taken care of. If you and I are ever going to be in God's heaven, and that is this, that those sins need to be paid for. Those sins must be removed. And that's the reason why the Lord Jesus came into the world. He came to seek to save that which is lost, and he must go to the cross to do it, to pay that price. Let's come to John 3. Because here's the answer to the problem. How can a person be in God's family? The Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Each one of us were born into this world the first time as children of Adam. And as such, we are rebels. We are sinners against God. We are on the downward course. That's why we sin. We got the wrong nature. But we need to be in God's family to be in God's house, to be in God's heaven. And the only way to get into God's heaven is just like getting into any other family on earth. By natural means, we must be born into God's family. The Bible calls it being born again. Now, Nicodemus had a problem then because he didn't understand what was meant by this born again stuff. Well, the Lord Jesus is drawing the parallel between the first time we were born and being born again. We were born physically the first time, but being born again is a spiritual birth. We need new life spiritually. And just like whenever we were born the first time, we cannot, and pardon me if this is bad English, you cannot born yourself. You can't born yourself. It takes another to be involved. And so it is when it comes to being in God's family. You cannot make yourself a child of God. And there's no other man can do it. I'll prove that from the Bible. John chapter 1. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God must be the one that gives the new life. How do I get it? Well, let's back up a little. What is it that makes us a part of our family? Now, I'm talking about the normal situation in families. How do we become a part of a family normally? There must be a blood relationship, right? Must be a blood relationship. And so it is when it comes to the matter of being in God's family. When I believe that the Lord Jesus shed his blood upon the cross for my sins, that makes me a child in God's family. Doing a word play there on the word blood, you understand. A blood relationship is formed when I understand that his blood shed on the cross was for my sins. And that puts me into God's family. When I rest there my whole future for eternity upon that work he accomplished on the cross, by his death he has paid for my sins. 
Another figure that God uses is the figure of adoption. A believer is adopted into God's family. And it's just because we once belonged to a different family. We belong to the family of Adam as sinners in God's sight. But now, as believers, we're placed in God's family. We're brought into the place of nearness, the place of inheritance. Yeah. We have now the family likeness to Christ. And the believer ought to live in a way that is like Christ. That's teaching for the believer. But you don't get into God's family by trying to live good. The first step is to receive him as Savior. Lord Jesus went on to explain to Nicodemus how that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And whoever was bitten by the poisonous snakes, as soon as they looked to that serpent of brass that was on the pole, they lived. And so the Lord Jesus would be lifted up on the cross. He would be crucified. And whoever had discovered their need of him as Savior, the very moment they looked to him by faith to receive what he has done for them, Bible puts it this way, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. That eternal life comes into the soul the very moment I rest, I believe, I depend upon him as my Savior. What was it motivated God to provide such a salvation in his own son? It was his own love. For God so loved this world, he so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son to die on that cross, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have it. Do you have it? Do you have that spiritual life that's found alone in the person of Christ? It comes into the heart the very moment that that soul receives him as Savior, born into God's family. The Bible calls it born again. There's coming a day whenever the family of God is going to be together for the first time. It's indicated on the chart by this detour around the pillar of death because some believers on the way to heaven will not have to die when the Lord returns at the rapture. First Thessalonians chapter 4, the living will be changed. They'll be caught up together with those that are resurrected. And we'll all together meet the Lord in the air. And there will be multitudes and millions from down through the centuries all gathered together. And the Lord Jesus is going to look over that company, Hebrews chapter 2, and say, Behold, I and the children which God hath given me. There will not be one of them absent. There will be no children left out. Every one of them born again and have come to know him as their Savior. They're all going to be there. Will you be there? Will you be ready? Have you received him as your Savior? Or are you still just among those that have been born once? and know nothing yet about being born again. May God help you to come to him tonight and take him as your Savior too. Yes, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This everlasting life is what the second birth is all about a life that begins the moment God gives it, the moment of spiritual birth, and it will continue forever. The moment a sinner trusts Christ as Savior and Lord. Has there ever been a time like that in your life? Can you look back to the time when you were born again? When you received eternal life and the assurance of sins are given? You need to. No one comes into this world a child of God. You need life that's from above. Turn to Christ today, won't you? Admit your need to have your sins forgiven and to be reconciled and connected again to a holy God. We trust that you'll find yourself in a new family even today, the family of God. 
If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.